Hey, I'm Daniel. And I'm Pat. And this is Y2K Movies. A podcast about the films of the 21st century. This week we're looking at Death Rider in the House of Vampires. In the Wild West, the mysterious Death Rider enters a dangerous vampire sanctuary where the price of admission is one female virgin. Written and directed by the one, the only Glenn Danzing, Death Rider in the House of Vampires was released theatrically August 27th, uh, 2021. It was one of those limited run Fathom event type deals. And Danny, would you believe that this movie played a half a mile away from my house and I didn't go see it? <laughs> I would not believe that. That's yes. crazy, man. I, I, I thought that, well... What ended up happening is not what I thought would happen. It, I thought that this movie would, would be on streaming or that it would it would hit home video or it would get a much larger release. When uh, the August 27th, 2021, I don't remember much about that day, but I do remember that it was raining in Chicago and I said, fuck it, I'm not leaving the house. And little <laughs> did I know that would be my one opportunity to see this movie for two years. Uh, eventually, this movie would hit uh, streaming, or not streaming, Blu-ray, in December of 2023, which is when we scooped it up and how we how we got a chance to finally see it. But um, yeah, I missed. I I fucking kicked myself for so long about that because it was right here in my own backyard. Yeah, I did not get that opportunity. Yeah, and but it, for and for that was like one of the only theaters that it was playing in and around Chicago. And I do not live in like the trendy part of Chicago land. You know what I mean? Like the hipster part where where art house movies i don't know why they picked that one theater but they just happened to pick the one right around the corner from my fucking house and it was raining so i didn't go but uh that's neither here nor there eventually we did get a chance to see it watched it uh very recently and you and i have not had a chance to talk about this yet so not at all I, we've been I, yeah which which is surprising right because usually after a movie we kind of text each other about it but i kind of got to it late like later in the week and then uh, we've just been kind of busy, but usually like we do, we kind of like ping each other right back. Be like, dude, that was like, whatever our opinions are. And then right. this one, uh, dude, I'm not gonna lie though, because I thought about that earlier today and I almost texted you like some shit, but I was like, you know what? No, I'll just fucking wait. I'll just fucking wait. We'll save it for the show. But what'd you so think? What'd you think? Oh, look at that. We did the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, according to IMDb, this movie was rated 4.1, and Veronica was 1.9, so it's, it's roughly twice as good. <laughs> right, so I think that it was better than Veronica. Uh, Definitely. Did, and I had, I personally, I mean, Danzig is somebody that I just really like his shit, so like, I'm going to probably read listen or watch whatever he does even if it isn't the best and i would say that uh this movie in particular i was really excited to watch and uh what i got is basically what i thought it was going to be so like i wasn't let down at all but i mean it was a pretty uh you know honestly like this movie is is one of those movies that i'm happy that i own because if my daughter grows up kind of wanting to be a filmmaker, <laughs> I'm going to show her this movie. Just like I'm going to show her Kevin Smith's movies. Because these movies, we need these movies. They're inspirational. Like, to me, this movie is a movie that is 
obtainable for for almost not i'm not gonna say anybody uh because you got to be at least creative and somewhat of an artist but like you gotta you know like it, it is it is obtainable if you try really hard to get it you know if, if that's what you want mm-hmm. but it's inspirational to me i really like it i i did like it was goofy and it had all the like it was it would be literally what i would probably if i made a movie right now i don't think it would be as good as this movie but i don't think it'd be far off but i think i would be pretty close you know and that kind of excites me because that's like dude my friends and i should make this kind of fucking movie but i would never get eli roth in it and i would never be able to get danny trejo in it but like i don't know like this is like this is what a spaghetti western vampire movie would be like and i liked it and honestly like how would you really make it better like better actors and maybe make it look prettier but at at the end of the day, it's the same exact movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's well, it's it's funny that you bring up Eli Roth because um he he definitely uh knew exactly the kind of performance that he needed to turn in with that movie. And he did it. And man. with that with I that loved role. It. I and fucking he, loved it. And that's the thing I was thinking about. Like so so where this kind of how this stands out a lot from um Veronica. There 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 are two uh there are two separate circles that intersect at some points, right? There there if you look at a Venn diagram, right, where two circles overlap, there's definitely they're their own monsters. And this is not an anthology. This is one uh air quotes coherent narrative. <laughs> from start to finish and um it does have it does have a higher caliber of actor i think that after he did veronica there was some people um that were probably a little eager to work with him um eli roth you know that fred armison was in this uh no i didn't so i saw his name in the credits i didn't go back and rewatch it i i was like half looking for him during it and he he had a background role but he was in it um he's listed in the credits but uh yeah like i think people were were willing to work with him and you know when you bring like someone like danny trejo on set you'd have to think that like this dude's been in all kinds of shit right he's been directed by michael mann he was in heat right he's done he's done a million and one movies with robert rodriguez he's done fucking network television he's done pg movies he's done r-rated movies all this shit he, he's probably pretty fucking professional right so like he's regardless of what you give him to do he's gonna probably turn in a pretty good product right like he's not gonna fuck up and the same thing with like with uh like eli roth eli roth is a filmmaker so he understands what's happening around him regardless of how danzing directs him or doesn't direct him eli roth knows how to not look like an asshole on camera right right so like he's gonna kind of bring his a-game too and i felt like there was a lot of that in this uh julian sands is in this uh devin sawa is the titular death rider uh we should say the character names too because like the character names are one of the things that i they're very dancing about this so julian sands is count holiday so if you're wondering how they come up with the character names it's one half cowboy one half vampire all right so you have uh victor diamata as kid vlad right 
Uh, Danny Trejo as Bella Latigo. <laughs> um, you have, oh, what are the other ones? Uh, Glenn Danzig as Bad Bathory. Uh, okay, what are, oh, let's, I gotta, I gotta do that. I'm not seeing the whole fucking cast here. Um, but they all have like really kind of, uh, it's just uh, like, like oh, that gothic Darren Richardson is, Derek Richardson is Duke Von Wayne. Uh, Eli Roth is Drac Cassidy, <laughs> right? Like Dracula Cassidy, like right. <clears throat> Butch Cassidy, Dracula Cassidy, Duke is in John Wayne. Duke Von Wayne, like Duke, what they call John Wayne, um, right? So those are like the two, the two things that he's mixing here. It's 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 vampire cowboys. If you don't get that, and um, <laughs> I mean, I there's just there's there's so many things. I like that we get dancing in this now. He's got a role. He's bad bathory. Yeah, I like that. And, and he's he's kind of a he's he's a hard ass. And, um, you know, there's a shootout at the end with him. that's pretty cool. The action stuff is like, is pretty good. There's not a ton of it. Um, you know, you know I, I, liked, I liked the effect when they poured the silver down one of the vampire's throats. Right. I liked so that, that special effect. That's some of the lore that they, uh, you know, it's standard vampire lore for the most part, but they do kind of lead heavily into the, uh, silver allergy. Which is neat. Something that I posted on Twitter when I was watching this is the opening scene is just Devin Sawa, and it's so. It, I like that. Like in this, the 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 quote that I pulled off the IMDb page that uh, in the Wild West, the mysterious Death Rider enters a dangerous vampire sanctuary where the price of admission is one female virgin. I didn't get that. That's what that was about. That opening scene with her naked, and he's like walking her on this horse with her fucking tits bouncing around. Um, I guess that maybe that was said at some point, but um, I'm glad that they took time to uh, <laughs> use the log line of the movie to explain the opening scene. But um, <laughs> I was watching this movie on Twitter, and I was kind of... I didn't tweet during the whole thing, but I tweeted during the opening scene because I was watching Devin Sawa ride a horse with this topless chick next to him on the horse, and I realized that there must have been a point where... Glenn Danzing was directing this and he had to like deal with horses. And that just seemed so fucking funny. <laughs> like him with like an animal wrangler on set. Right. Like <laughs> you know, like, hey, get that get that fucking thing over here, man. No, that's like, kind of funny. Yeah. That's like, kind of funny. I could see how do you, I, 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 yeah. I'm trying to fucking reason with it. Um, I don't know. And I, it's it's very uh you know it's from dusk till dawnish i guess um and maybe that's just because the danny trejo slash western type thing but um i don't know uh you know the death rider they're all one of the things that glenn danzing had said we didn't know much about this before the movie came out and uh the one of the only quotes that you kind of had was from an interview where glenn danzing's like you don't have to wait to see the vampires because everyone's a vampire and that's kind of like Death Rider is like this Blade type character where, yeah, he's a vampire, but he's also like a killer of bad vampires or something. Or right. Just yeah. Vampires. And um, I also like that the aesthetic is definitely like black leather cowboys. You know right. what I mean? Like it is yeah. Westerns, but it's very like black leather Western. <laughs> black leather. Co- like, it's Wild Wild West. 
Wild Wild West I, Western. I, I guess. I mean, I guess if if you think about like cowboys wearing leather, it makes more sense they would dress like this instead of like I don't know, John Wayne and the Searchers. But like, <laughs> it it was very uh, like '90s industrial. Um, I don't know, like kind of kinky. Like there's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of like the dancing Veronica stuff too, where like you could tell like. He just kind of hired the strippers <laughs> that work like the <laughs> afternoon the, shift. To, yeah, uh, yeah. That I, <laughs> but I liked them all. I liked all the sh- uh, the 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 women of the club. Yeah, and then the prostitutes that came in later. Um, oh, with the the carriage coach with the clown car it was like a clown yeah. car with hose. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so many hoses. That was that pretty coach. funny. Yeah. And, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and those were the only humans. Were were actually the ladies that came in through the coach. Yeah, yeah, those were the only humans that were in this vampire movie. But it was a fun movie, and for an hour and a half, an hour thirty-two, like you're you're getting if you're a Danzig fan, you're getting Danzig, and you're getting Danzig trying to take filmmaking a little bit more serious than his first work, and I respect it, and I. I actually hope that there is a sequel and I hope that it did well enough. Uh, Cause I've listened to interviews with them talk about how, if it did good, that they would make a sequel. And I haven't, I didn't look it up. Uh, I could have probably just easily looked it up, but um, I do hope there's a sequel. Cause I think that I, I like the character death writer, or if we don't get a sequel, I'd like to see this then in a comic book format. And we know Glenn can do that. So yeah i enjoyed it but let me ask you this how bad would this movie have had to have been for you not to like it oh like what would have to happen where you like came so to be your head so saying i can't I, off on this dude so i actually gave it a five out of ten okay um i don't know i i honestly feel like i've seen worse movies uh in my life and i i feel like death so it would have had to be worse than Veronica. So, I mean, like, Veronica, which which I liked because of Danzig mainly and the anthology thing, and also probably because the whole inspirational thing, and it would it'd be something that I would look into if I was about to make a film. But, like, uh, I don't know. Like, it, it, would, it would have to be, like, one of the worst VHS, like, minis, but, like, that through the whole movie so like one of just one of the bad shorts of v of vhs mm. but it's an hour and a half long like i would have been like fuck that shit <laughs> <laughs> i came on here and said i don't know what the fuck he's doing but he just needs to keep making music which i do like the soundtrack that he made for this as well uh but not like the, the, to me enough of it i wish i no wish i was gonna say to me yeah. i i wish that there was more of it and uh I the soundtrack. What is it like? Two songs? Or, yeah. Yeah, it's like two songs, and I would listen. I would watch the whole movie right now if I could just listen to those two songs again. So I like I like the two songs probably more than the movie, to be honest with you. <laughs> but but I did like I I liked them both. But I like I really miss like Glenn's. There's something about 
so if we go down to like Danzig, I think it's three. Uh, Sestinas. There's just something about that like soft whispering almost of Danzig that's just like I wish that he had more ballads. You know, I think in yeah. I think in Danzig four, let it be captured and um. Oh fuck! What's the other one? Well, dude, blood and tears off of blood and of two. That's two, yeah. right? And then the yeah. wolf. Or, uh, I'm the wolf. wolf. Oh I yeah, back to I'm wolf. the I'm the one. There's that oh, one too. I'm well, the or uh, something like that. I and then uh, uh, how the gods kill. I really like that one. Mm. But like, there's just something about that voice. I think he gets to kind of trigger that early misfits or that Elvis sound that he had. And I missed that sound, which I, you know, maybe we can get lucky and one more Misfits album will come out. But I mean, I don't know. I wish that he would do something like this. And, you know, he, he kind of already had his uh, hands in country too, because you know, the song 13 from Johnny Cash, that was written by Danzig for Johnny Cash. So yeah, he wrote a song for Roy Orbison on the Less Than Zero soundtrack. Yeah. And Roy Orbison wrote a song for him, but him, Danzig, yeah. but it came out as Dancing with the Power and the Fury Orchestra, which is like <laughs> the awesome fucking ultimate side project. Uh, let me ask you, one more uh, Misfits album or another Dancing movie, what would you rather have? One more Misfits album. <laughs> See, I, I would do Dancing movie only because... If as they would give me as... another Static Age album, I would I would choose that. But if it's anything else, then I don't want it. See, that's the thing. I think what anything he came, would come up with at this point would just be derivative, and I don't know if it could ever match expectations. Right. Where with the movies, I I still don't think we know what the fuck we're gonna get from this guy. No, when you I give agree. him a camera and fucking actors. And that something something I want to bring about this is that um so this movie has dancing listed as editor producer writer director and cinematographer yeah which is a lot but he shares he shares the cinematographer credit with somebody else and uh i don't have their name written down because i am a terrible podcaster however um it definitely feels oh uh, I'm not even going to try to say that. Just look it up. And, and he also shares editing, uh, editing credits too. So, oh, um, yeah, I don't, but I wouldn't it, know that one. It's, it's interesting. Cause I, I noticed <laughs> that in the opening credits and during the movie, there are elements of it that look to like, they're really well shot where you're like, wow, this looks really good. And then there's a lot of, and that's mostly the exteriors, I felt like. And then there's stuff that's inside the sanctuary that has, that succumbs to that Veronica. The shot blocking just feels like something you did with your friends after school one afternoon. You know what I mean? It's right. a lot of medium shots. It's a lot of wide shots. There's not Long. a lot of. A lot yes, of long fight shots. Where you don't cut to the action, and that's where I feel like that's him. That's him not necessarily, and this isn't me criticizing the man, because I would never do that, but that's him not really understanding the language of film and how you're kind of supposed to shoot stuff and cut it. Blah, blah, blah. And um, I feel like if he delegated more, if he stayed on as a director and stayed on as the writer, but he let someone that knew what the fuck they were doing shoot and cut. 
I think it would turn out a lot better because this is like we could see with the actors this time around because he wasn't using the one, two, three kid and his buddies from the fucking strip club because he was using like real actors. The, yeah, it, it turned out a lot better. Right. You know what I mean? And I think that that goes to and I don't I've never had the privilege of meeting Glenn Danzig, but from everything that we've heard from decades and decades and decades of this man existing in Hollywood is that he's supposed to be kind of a fucking control freak about shit which i get yep. he's a he's a very creative man with a very specific vision and he's I been mean, he right about shit yeah and he's been right about shit more times than not so why are you gonna fucking argue with the dude however right. filmmaking is a collaborative medium and i think this i think he needs to know how to fucking really stay in his lane and do what he does best and then let certain people handle certain technical aspects because there's people who go to college for that shit right like even like when i would make movies and stuff like i you always pay the cinematographer you always pay the editor you always pay the sound guy like that's that's like really technical shit you don't want to fuck that up if it's got lousy sound or it doesn't look right or it's cut off fucking wrong it's, it doesn't matter how funny your script is right or what kind of performances were turned in it's all going to go to shit anyway and I felt like that if there's one thing that like I you kind of pick up on from this now seeing two of his movies in a row is like okay dude like obviously you have a good sense for some of this stuff and you know how to make entertaining shit but like maybe some of the craft stuff leave to people that have been doing this for you know what I mean like no I agree that's but all I'm I, gonna say I ain't gonna talk shit about it I just don't, I, I don't think that's him. I mean, this is what happened with the Misfits. You know, he basically said that they sucked and they couldn't play instruments, even though, you know, uh, Doyle basically did every, did was the guitarist for all of Danzig's shit. But uh, it just comes down to it's Danzig's way or the highway. And that's okay. Like, because he's a guy that has done it that way and he, and he's made it successful. And, everything all his projects are him and i mean like i get it and i mean as long as whoever's coming on board like understands that and knows that it's cool with it then i don't care but i'm going to keep watching it even with it but yeah there's a couple shots in it where you can actually see it go out of focus but i i thought that was <laughs> i think that's kind of like part of the the aesthetic right like i i don't think danzig left it in there on purpose i think or on accident i think he did it on there on purpose he probably looked at it watched it and was like hey that's pretty cool man and then just left <laughs> I, it think, in. I think he was like yeah whatever it works yeah there was a drone hey. shot at the end too uh yeah which i thought was impressive so some dancing like with a remote control fucking drone. <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's a good thing to picture on a horseback now the other night now. i was actually uh high watching portlandia and <laughs> And it was the Danzig episode, the beach episode, where Danzig's right. in it. And, dude, I just could not stop laughing watching this man, like, at the beach. It was just so funny to me. Well, that must have been why Fred Armisen was in it, was the Portlandia connection. I was trying to figure that out. Right. When I saw him, I was like, how the fuck did that? But I'm sure, like, after oh, wait. he did... You know what? I, he is the, uh... He's credited as Vampire Gunslinger, but I don't know what that means. And supposedly, yeah, Lee, I do remember him. Lee Ving from the lead singer of Fear was the bartender, which is another thing I miss. But I'm looking at IMDb now, and I see it up there. Gotcha. But who and who was Dookie? Dookie. <laughs> Eli Roth loved Colin Dookie. Yeah. 
I like Eli Ross' character. I thought he did a really good job. Oh, I, he I was actually wide eyed he... and fucking. I, I his performance was probably my favorite. Uh, there is one thing though. The ending with um, I understand why Danzig was still alive, but why was the uh, the head lady alive? Because so the because she got stabbed. But, but I, I guess they took it out of her before she died. Because yeah, now, the, once I think about it, okay, I I kind of remember that scene now. They they also so like I guess she didn't. It's like it looked like some vampires like it took longer for them to die, and like others they would be like instant. Well, which they that also, might be like an age thing or something. They also kind of use Buffy rules with the sunlight, right? Where like sometimes the sunlight kills them instantly, and then sometimes they hold like a newspaper over their head and they're okay. Right. <laughs> it's just kind of the the sunlight is just like this thing, but he pulls the mask up under his nose and he's fine. Because the sun doesn't, you know what I mean? Like, they all, right. oh, that's another thing I want to talk about was that, like, I love there, there, <laughs> like, the aesthetic choices that he made that he wouldn't fucking back down from. And I could just imagine people on set. He insisted, now, I, I'm saying he insisted only because of the fact that uh, it was, it was in every fucking scene. I don't know if this was something that he slammed his fist on the table over, but. He insisted that everyone wear fake vampire teeth in every fucking scene. So every uh, actor is delivering their lines with fake vampire teeth on. Yeah. <laughs> Which, like, no, I could I, through now the whole you movie, get... I actually thought about that. I was like, damn, dude, there is like, there, there really is like no, no humans in this. Everybody is a vampire, and well, you know the whole time. I, and I guess like. When you think about it, he's like, yeah, they're all going to have their teeth out the whole time. Because, like, in most movies, the vampire goes like, and their teeth pop out, right? Right. But this has everybody's teeth out at all times. When you think about that aesthetically, you're like, okay, well, that's kind of a neat choice to make. But really quickly, you have to identify the fact that now everybody's talking like they have a bag of dicks in their mouth, right? <laughs> Except he never, like, course corrected and was like, well, I guess we have to do away with the teeth thing. He, he was like, no, man, fuck it. Y'all y'all do it every scene with teeth in your mouth. And you're going to have to figure out a way to make it work. And same thing with, like, with I mean, a, he did I think it. it. Yeah, I, same thing with, like, people wearing hats. And, like, a lot of people have hats pulled on real low. You can't really, it kind of obscures their face. So you're like, wait, who, which one is that again? You know, because they're all right. supposed to be wearing like cowboys with the hats down low, the black leather cowboys with the leather hat real low. And uh, I love that. I love the teeth thing because you, you, it doesn't take long before you're like, oh, this isn't going to work. But like, fucking, I'm sure somebody said, hey, Glenn, man, what do you think about maybe we don't use the teeth? For no, we got to have the teeth in at all times. Everyone's got to know they're vampires at all times. They're in sanctuary. <laughs> of course, they'd have their teeth out. They're not going to put their teeth. We can't have continuity errors with the teeth coming and going. No, just leave the teeth in the whole time. So now everyone's going to fucking talk like this the whole time. So I got to fucking right. break teeth. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, I like the whole <laughs> sanctuary bit. Like how it's a sanctuary. It kind of reminded me of like, I, like I'm, I'm, I've heard that before in Westerns. So I'm assuming that back in the day, like a, a bar or something like a meeting point, it's sanctuary. Nothing happened here. It's safe. Like nobody does anything. But I also thought of John Wick with the hotel, with the, uh, fuck, what's the hotel called? Yeah. But yeah, that. Um, yeah, that's actually a TV show, uh, on Peacock. 
Yeah, it is. That's uh, what I was trying to think of it, but I can't. Remember. I watched some of the first episode. It was alright. It's like the the something. <laughs> something in the seventies. You know what's really good is that Ted sitcom. Not to get too far off topic. Yeah, no, I, I I I saw your tweet about it. I want to check oh, it out, dude. It's really fucking funny. It's really good, and uh, oh, it's great. It's great. Yeah, um, I heard that it's. Uh, I heard that it has a little bit of like early two thousands, mid two thousands comedy in it. Like, yeah, it's kind it, of like it's a part of its time. That's what I've been told, and and but not in a bad way. Like it, it, it seemed like they took the be- they took the best of the worst, if if you can get that, and then applied it here so it aged well yeah like if you like the 10 movies like it was it was good. pretty funny yeah and the see i i like aspects of the sequel and um it's uh set in the 90s when mark, mark Wahlberg's character is in high school and ted has to go to high school with him and uh but it's very sitcom-y that mark Wahlberg's parents are very they're sitcom parents and his liberal cousin is living above the garage the way Fonzie used to live above the garage and happy <laughs> and it's like the, there's sitcom tropes in every single episode where like i haven't watched the whole season yet but i'm sure there's an episode where they draw a fucking line down the bedroom and they split the bedroom in half or oh, something yeah. or like there's one group of people in one room and one group of people in the other and he's got to run back and forth and try to fucking make both people act like he's at two things at the same time I don't know if you ever right, seen right, that. That's right. like a big yeah. Brady Bunch thing. So right. yeah, it's it's uh it's a lot of fun. Um no, almost as much fun as Death Rider and the House of Vampires. Did you have anything else that you wanted to mention about this one? Uh <laughs> no. <laughs> I was trying to think of a quote, but honestly, I can't I could I could just look at Eli Roth's eyes just being open. <laughs> Did you like that, Rada? <laughs> he did he did go for broke uh all i gotta say is dancing loves directing porn stars but uh wouldn't you you know <laughs> wouldn't you 